The following podcast is made possible thanks to the support of subscribers like you. Subscribe to the show using Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And now, on with the show. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave. Became Iron Man. Realized I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. Welcome back, everyone. This is Discussing Comics. I am Kyle Jones, and joining me on this podcast, as always, Clarence Brown. Clarence, how are you? Doing pretty good, man. How are you doing, sir? I am doing well. We're fresh off the heels of Avengers Endgame, and I'm, like, dying to talk to you about this. So, uh, But before I do, I want to give you a little bit of bragging rights. Do you mind if I give you some bragging rights? Uh, sure. Go for it. So last week at work, you and I uh, participated in a Marvel Comics trivia, did we not? Yes, this, this is true. And your team beat my team. <laughs> yes, we did, Kyle Jones. And it was a triumphant moment where I could stand tall and say, I beat Kyle Jones. Yes, you did. <laughs> so it is like embedded in podcasting history that in a comic book slash movie um, competition, we'll call it that, you were on a team, your team beat my team. Though, unfortunately, neither of our teams won overall, so. <laughs> no, and uh, unfortunately, I would question some of the questions that they asked, but I'm not going to get Oh, okay. So and the plot thickens. The plot thickens. The plot thickens. Because who, um, because on the A to Z, I know without a doubt, I know as fact that I got all of those right. I, yeah. And yeah. We I think our team did too, and they said only one team got it right, and I'm pretty sure our team got it right too. So yeah, yeah. So I have a feeling I know the one they probably counted off because they said we got 25 out of 26 correct. Something tells me that they did not count Zeus as a character in the Marvel universe. Hmm. And if that is the case, then they are wrong. I forgot what we put. I know we didn't put Zeus. But I wish I knew right now, but we did answer everything. So I have to give uh, one of the other people that was on my team. She answered the question, which was, what was a word that Marvel had tried to copyright up until, say, about 10 years ago or something? And then they stopped copywriting it. I had no idea that they had tried to copyright the word zombies. I didn't know that. Yeah, we got that right. And the only reason I rem- we got that right is because I remember the Marvel zombie comics that came out. I think those are the 90s that they came out in. Uh-huh. Yeah, so that's the only reason I think it may have been z- zombies. But she gave us a decent clue that it probably was zombies. So, you know, I think that was low-hanging. But 
But for the Z question, I think we put Zemo as the answer. Ah, that's a good Z. Very yeah. good Z. So anyway, long story short, we had fun. So, and, and you have bragging rights. So I, I've been dying to record this so that I could bestow upon you the back, the bragging rights of beating me in a comic slash Marvel competition. Yeah, well, we had a pretty, pretty, uh, good group. If all our group was there earlier, we may have even won. <laughs> there you go. So having fun. So I'm ready to talk about, uh, Endgame. What about you? Right, let's do it. So anybody listening, if you are hiding under a rock or for whatever reason you were not able to go see Endgame yet, be warned because from this moment forward, it's going to be all about the spoilers. 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 Even if there's a small chance, we owe this to everyone who's not in this room to try. We will. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. So, Clarence Brown, I have to ask you, did you like the movie? I think it suffers from too much hype, but it was enjoyable. I don't I think I liked Infinity War better, to be honest. Wow. Um, yeah, I thought it was enjoyable. I, didn't, I don't. It's still not my favorite Marvel movie. That goes to Thor 3, but I don't know. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but still not my favorite. Did you enjoy the movie? Greatest movie that I have ever seen. Yeah, really? Really? Yes. Greatest movie, period? Period. Full by stop? Far. By far. Nothing beats to me. Uh, in I don't know, man. It was it was good. Overly, overly melodramatic. I don't know. It was good. I, I really enjoyed it. I don't want to be the one person to say I hated the movie. I really love the movie. Uh, it's still not my favorite MC, MCU movie, uh, to be honest. But I do think it was really well done. The direction they went into, uh, I really did not foresee that. You know, the direction of, of actually getting everything set right. I didn't foresee that one bit. I kind of expect them to take a totally different approach. But um, as things go, and we talk about time all uh, a lot on this on our shows, uh, uh, discussing who, of course, and recently in Star Trek Discovery, Craig, yeah, yeah. But but the time aspect, hmm, I like how they explained it. How they explain how time could be linear is not really linear, but it is. I don't know. It's a little confusing, but I do like their explanation and. I guess we all have to be, you know, our nostalgia meter meter has to be off ringing off the hinges for the way they br- showed those vignettes of other movies we've seen, you know. Oh, absolutely. In the past. You know, I've wanted them to do this in Doctor Who for the longest. You know? <laughs> Show something from a slightly different angle in the background that we've already seen. And they do that a lot in this movie. So I, I, I like that aspect of it. So maybe I am all aboard the fanboy train. Maybe I am, you know, maybe it was because I went and saw the, you know, the first opening for which I did not see, to my knowledge, anybody get up to go to the restroom for three hours. 
I mean, the it, it was like everybody was in a bubble watching this movie. So, mm. so I am normally someone who will pick apart inconsistencies of time travel. This movie had a lot of inconsistencies, in my opinion, with time travel, but I don't care. I loved this movie. Yes, their time travel um, logic. Now, they do explain it at the beginning, which I thought was good, but seems like they throw all that asunder <laughs> later on on the things they do in the uh, in the actual movie, because a lot of people are pushed out of time and killed. So doesn't that split the timeline as well? I don't know. Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of with you there. So let's start at the beginning. Let's go back to the very beginning. And one of the problems that people had, or not necessarily problems, but one of the concerns people had with Infinity War was, A, you didn't have Ant-Man, which we know where Ant-Man was, and you didn't have Hawkeye. Now we know where Hawkeye was. Yes, and we know why Ant-Man not being in it was so necessary. <laughs> Absolutely. So with with the movie beginning, we see his entire family, which now makes me feel that the family was created for the snap. Yeah. Um, when they started showing this nice little picnic, you know, with, uh, with, with Clinton's family on his farm, I guess, in the woods, <laughs> I was like, oh, they better not do it. You better not do it. I did not come to this movie to feel this way. You bet not do it. And of course, uh, what do they do? Hmm. They dust it away. Yeah. Oh, actually, we don't even see them disappear. We don't. No, we, we totally don't. don't. And, you know, I thought that that was really cool. And, you know, let me, um, interject one other piece of kind of context to me watching when i got there i i was going to the six o'clock i actually took off early i left at three o'clock on wednesday because i wanted to make sure i got there i got there about right at four fifty-five, five o'clock and whenever i walked in i heard this voice go kyle and i looked around and, it's, and it was our friend sergio from reality breached ah so cool. whenever i you know so i went over and talked with him so he had a entire entourage of reality breached uh, cast members coming. So I wound up sitting with them and I fed off of Brittany's enjoyment of watching this movie yeah. as I was watching the movie. So, I mean, she was absolutely loving this movie. Yeah. And I, I know, I know she's a huge cap fan. So uh, she probably very, very much enjoyed seeing him. In this movie. Yes, she did. <laughs> And, and, and a lot of other scenes too. So, um, so kudos to them. I, I had a lot of fun sitting with, with them and watching the movie. So shout out to Reality Breached and thanks again. So, so, well, well, let me, let me interject. Can I just ask your thoughts on, uh, Clint Barton in this movie? Because, man, it seems like Jer Jeremy Renner has aged like 20 years since the past movie. He looks really old in this movie. And it might be the haircut. It might be the haircut. I don't know. Uh, he looked old to me from the very beginning. I mean, really? to be brutally honest, yes. Um, he did a great job. I liked his, you know, performance, but he's never looked to me the way I have always envisioned Hawkeye looking. Yeah. He just, I don't know. Maybe it was the close ups in this movie. He just looked really old. And I think the haircut made him look older because of like, a, that's like a young guy's haircut. So yeah, yeah I don't know. That's yeah, something I, I've I, but, but, but no, I do agree. He did look, uh, you know, worn uh, is, is the 
word I would give him, kind of like tired and worn. And, and maybe they were going for that with the your whole family is gone. Maybe so. Maybe so. So after we see, um, you know, his family disappear, we see Tony in space making a recording, which is the scene that we've seen in the trailer over and over and over. What we did not see in the trailer that he is there with Nebula. Yes, what were your uh, thoughts? Um, I thought it was fine. They think they're going to run out of air. They can't survive. You know, I, I didn't rewatch uh, Infinity War again before watching this movie. So I didn't realize it was just him and Nebula left on uh, Thanos's planet. So, uh, yeah, that was that was cool seeing them both kind of work together. And and it showed that truly Nebula is now a part of the good guys, one of the good guys. So I, I like that. Yes. Yes, I agree. And I think the only thing that I was not surprised about in this movie are, was the fact that here comes Carol to save the day. Yeah, but you know, with, with, at the at the beginning, because she's the yeah, one that at, brought him home. Yeah, at the beginning she did. Yeah, at the beginning she did. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to. Well, I guess we'll talk about it. But did she save the day? No, no, no. I'm, I'm meaning in, <laughs> in regards to them the thinking yeah. that that they're running out of oxygen, and here she comes to save them from that particular moment. Yeah, and and also it's kind of moot in a way because you know they're going to get back to Earth. I mean, it's just that's just how it's going to work. They're not going to die in a spaceship, so yeah. I can see what they were setting up, but they spent a lot of time for that scene, and to me, it was kind of pointless. Yeah, I, I, I agree <laughs> with you. I, I, I'll give you that. I agree with you. Now, we see Carol basically tote the ship back to Earth, and um, she gets back to Earth, and the Avengers run out, and um, Captain America and Iron Man have this tense confrontation almost. Curious, what did you think about that? Well, I mean, they take it all the way back to Captain America's Civil War, where, of course, uh, it's the government tracking versus uh, the heroes being able to do whatever they want to do. I think that's what it was. I might be remembering that wrong. Maybe you can refresh my memory on that. But but it goes back to that same thing where um, the Iron, Iron Man is like, we should have had a force, a government led force from the beginning. And we could have got around all these issues. Maybe we would have been more prepared instead of everybody doing their own thing. But it's your fault, Cap, that we're not together on this. We're all separated. And he has a good point. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. And I, I sensed, yes, I agreed that he had a good point, but on the flip, I saw Tony more so as I brought this kid into this. And the kid died in my arms, you know, with, with, uh, Spider-Man, you know, and I saw, I saw more pain of thinking, look at, and I was stuck out there in space and just by so happened that here comes this person that brings us back. I just saw like the weight of the world and the almost guilt. And, and again, back to the tired word, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah. I mean, we can say that Spider-Man lays heavy on them, but of course, Everybody, half of the population of everything, you know, living beings weighs heavy on him as well as the team. We see that on the whole team. So he's just trying to cope with it, trying to rationalize what's going on. And, um, they got their ass kicked. <laughs> so, Indeed. so that's kind of, that's, that's kind of the weight he feels, you know, personally responsible for Peter for bringing him in, of course. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just a hard, thing all around for them to cope with it and i got what's that what's the comic book series you've been reading about the mental health thing but that's dc right oh yes th- that's in dc but but i felt 
you know, I feel, I felt like that because I'm always the one to say I'm, I don't want to be in any of my superheroes' heads. <laughs> but it felt like the first half of the movie was the aftermath, them dealing with the weight of of what they were, weren't able to accomplish, you know, getting their butts kicked, handed to them, them as heroes dealing with the weight of that. And um, that was worth seeing. And I really enjoyed it. And they played different on different characters, you know, yeah. as we'll see when we talk more about Hawkeye. Yep. I, yeah, I definitely, definitely a million percent agree with you. What did you think of the scene that actually got a little bit of bad press in the trailer? Something about how Thor interacted the first time he sees Captain Marvel and says, you know, I like this one. And they, some, you know, there were some fans on Twitter or something saying, well, that was sexist. Or, I didn't take his, I like this one as, as being sexist at all. So I don't remember what happened in the trailer. Uh, so I can't really speak to that, but speaking from the movie, um, he calls his, um, at what's the name of the act? Stormbringer. Stormbringer. And she doesn't flinch. So that's, that's why I thought he said that because she's just like, you know, people were talking about her muted performance in Captain Marvel and it does not change in this movie. She gives the same muted performance. And I just think that's just her character knows she's, she's awesome in a way. And, you know, Thor calls, um, Stormbringer and she doesn't flinch one bit and it comes right by her head. So I don't know. I, I don't see it as sexist at all. Good. Cause like I said, neither did I. So we see at this point the Avengers and Captain Marvel track Thanos to this far off planet. They go into space. They go to the planet. And this was totally unexpected to me. Did you or were you shocked to see Thanos be killed by Thor? Uh, let me let me let you take that one and then I'll follow up. OK, I was totally one million percent, a billion percent, snap my fingers percent, totally shocked. I and, and I think this is one of the reasons I freaking love this movie because it took what I expected to see happen and not happen because I expected them to go and try to find Thanos. Thanos try to get the infinity uh, stones back them go through the past. I, th- I actually did think they were going into the past, but I thought the entire movie would be about Thanos trying to stop them from collecting the infinity stones and that was what the movie would be about so yes i was a billion percent totally shocked at that yeah they they did throw a lot of subterfuge uh toward the trailer because when i initially saw them walking down the hall in their space quote-unquote space suits i'm holding quotes now uh i thought they were gonna go into space from that point forward but we see in the movie the spacesuits or the modified Ant-Man suits were all about going to the past. So I, I didn't, I, I didn't put those two together in the trailer. But as far as when they reach Thanos, now maybe you can explain to me. I don't remember him when he executes the snap in Infinity War. I don't remember it disfiguring part of his body. Mm, yeah. In the I- least. I do remember that. I do remember mm. when we see him, it, I don't think it was as profound 
as what we see now, but I think that, yes, we did see it because I remember, I think they focused more on not necessarily him, but how mangled the gauntlet looked and how yes. the um, stones were either shattered or gone. Yes, I remember the gauntlet being mangled, but I didn't remember him physically. But, I mean, of course, that leads to a good plot point, which is used later on in the movie, uh, even when he tries to, the gall of this guy, the freaking gall of this guy, to do this and say, I'm going to destroy the stones. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Excuse my French. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> but but, but I, I do like how that fed into the plot going forward when, you know, the use of the stones, it takes a sacrifice to that extent, to that extreme takes a sacrifice. So at that point, another big shocker of the movie for me was you see written on the screen five years later. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing all with time in this movie. And again, to go back to that DC arc that, you know, we brought up a second ago, it, they were just wallowing in it, man. It's like, it's it's probably not too dissimilar from the show called The Leftovers on HBO. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Ha, yes, have indeed. But, but it has to do with the their ver- interpretation of the rapture, so to speak. But it gets crazy by the end of the series. But anyway, uh, it has to deal with that and the people having to deal with, you know, half of uh, well, the people that got caught up being gone. Now, this I feel they deal less with the people that are gone and more with the world, the state of the world when they're gone um, is what this one is mostly about. But, but of course, of course, in the case of Clint, his family is gone. So he's dealing with that. So, so yeah, the, the, I was really surprised that half the population being gone would make the world go to crap. I, I didn't really get that part of it, but okay. I see. Mm, yeah, I, I agree with you. And the thing that that got me about this particular scene was throughout the all of these movies, Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. She's done a good job, in my opinion, as Black Widow. But I remember when the first Avengers movie came out, fanboy Kyle was not happy that Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow had replaced Janet Van Dyne's Wasp as... Um, an original Avenger in, at least in the MCU. I get the fact that you hadn't introduced Iron Man. I mean, Ant-Man yet. I get all of that, but I've kind of ha- always had a distance to, um, Black Widow, but she to me stole the scenes. I loved her as Black Widow in this movie. She was brilliant and fantastic in my opinion. Yes. And, I think she was. I guess she was trying to take the helm while um, the chaos ensued <laughs> on Earth. And she was I, I guess they still have factions around the world. And even, you know, in the case of Captain Marvel in deep space, trying to keep things from going, getting even even worse uh, since the fallout of, of what has happened. Yeah. Speaking of Captain Marvel in space at that point, they did give a good nod right there to the look of Captain Marvel that I've traditionally not liked in the comic book with the short hair and the costume and all that. So they, they did give a nod to that in, in that particular scene too. Yeah, and I do think since um, it's been 20 years, she's <laughs> costume is probably going to look a little different. I, I don't like the short hair. So, so Hey, wait, 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 let me back up. Let me back up. When she showed in the after credit of, of um, 
of Cap of Captain Marvel where we see them looking at the beeper. Did she have short hair or long hair then? I, I thought she remember. still had long hair. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So it did happen in the last five years. So take that previous statement back. <laughs> no problem. But we'll, the suit is different. The suit is different. We'll just use awesome. the time stone and, and go back and, and, and forget you said that. And I can watch myself say it and slap myself there, on the face. <laughs> there you go. So let's talk just a minute. Speaking of Black Widow, she had to go find Hawkeye, who has become another alternate identity that he has used in the past of Ronan, where he used a sword more so than the, um, you know, the arrows. What did you think of him going around killing people? Uh, it was fine. As long as it was bad guys, it was fine. Okay. <laughs> and you know, that, that is, you know, the type of justice we don't want from any hero. You, you, you skirt the line of becoming a, uh, what they call an anti-hero or whatever. Yes. But, but it, it was it right. No, but as long as he limited the scope to really bad individuals, you know. <laughs> yep. I'm kind of with you there. Kinda but the look of him was awesome. Uh, the sword was freaking amazing. And, um, only thing I didn't like was how Jeremy Renner physically looked was the hair. It just doesn't work for him. No, agreed. Totally, totally, totally agreed. Now, here's one of the few things in the movie that I think was just a little bit too much of a coincidence, which is when you, I believe it was a rat, start walking on some buttons that just happened to activate, <laughs> that just happened to release him from the quantum zone. Yeah, at the right time. At the well, right time. Well, you know what? I, well, I guess at the right time is just, but okay, maybe we can throw that last statement out at the right time because even if they would have released them 10 years later, uh, I think he still would have went for the same thing. So maybe it just happened when it happened, you know? Maybe so, but still too much. It was just like too much of a coincidence. Um, you know, if it could, if they could have shown him like doing something that was building up where he had been spending this time trying to break back through and he finally breaks back through, that to me would have been a lot more realistic. But then again, it's already three hours and X number of minutes. So mm, yeah, they went yeah, the, the rat, right way. Yeah. The rat didn't bother me so much. I thought it was fine. One thing well, that well, I, go ahead. No, I was going to um, ask you about him. And his daughter, because again, just like the the Hawkeye sequence, I was like, they better not do it. They better not do it, man. But, you know, what is equally as heartbreaking is that his daughter's now like what a teenager now or older. And he missed all those years. And that's that's equally as heartbreaking. But yeah. his daughter is still there, though. So yep. that, that's good. Cassie's older. She's grown in stature and she's no longer a little bitty kid. So maybe she can be in the next uh level of superheroes going forward as her code name stature. So um yeah, I I thought that was cool seeing especially seeing a grown up version or a teenage version of her. I thought that was like really, really cool. So Yeah. One of the things that people did not like about Infinity War was the fact that the Hulk refused to come out after getting his butt beat by Thanos and almost to the speculation that Bruce was a scroll, that Bruce was Loki, etc. and so forth, but he's not. What did you think of seeing the Hulk? Or I should say Professor Hulk. Professor Hulk. Yeah. Um, it, that would have been a great time to have a Hulk movie to show how he became Professor Hulk. 
I think it was fine. I, you know, one of the things I love about the Hulk is when he changes and the, the battle within him of, you know, Bruce Banner and the beast known as Hulk. So to take that totally out, eh, it worked for the movie, but in general, I don't like it because uh, I, I like the struggle between the two personalities. So I, I don't know. I thought it was fine, though. Um, CG well done. Awesome CG on that. But yeah, wasn't for me. Agreed. CG well done. Coming from the comic book fan, being able to know that I have seen multiple upon multiple versions of Hulk smash. The fact that I get to see another version of the Hulk, be it the Grey Hulk, be it the Professor Hulk, whatever, that to me was a big fanboy moment, being able to say, okay, cool, I've seen another version of the Hulk other than Smash. But 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 really at that point, isn't he just like Beast? You know, <laughs> he, he goes into battle, he just like jokes around, oh, Smash, Hulk, Smash. He's really just Beast at this point. Uh yeah, yeah. And to me, that's not exciting because we have beasts. So I don't. <laughs> yeah, but 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 you're 100 percent right. And I'll go back and say to another point that you made. I think Professor Hulk works in this movie. I don't think I would want to see a Professor Hulk movie because, again, like you just said, what's the what's the difference between him and a super strong? scientific superman or a super strong beast or whomever i I agree part of the hulk is that going back and forth between so yeah i give you uh, you're 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 spot on on that now now i would love to see that movie i would love to see that movie when he becomes professor hulk because if you look back to the 80s bill bixby hugs it's all about him trying to rid himself of this beast and i would love to see that on the screen, you know, the scientific part and him warring with his other side. They should make a movie about that. I'm just saying. I think that would be good. You could also um, put in even the Grey Hulk if you wanted to. That would make it even more yeah. interesting. Yeah. Even more interesting. So after we meet the Professor Hulk, we take a trip to New Asgard where we see Valkyrie from uh, your favorite movie of the MCU, which is uh, Thor Ragnarok. You see her return as the leader of the town, and you see a different version of Thor that we've ever seen before. Mm. Couch potato so, Thor. So this is the point Well, I, I will ask you, sir, is this movie for kids? Ah, uh, good question. Should, should kids be going to see this movie? And I say that in the sense of we find Thor is a he plays video games and drinks all the time. That's basically, he's all about beer. I like beer. Maybe they're talking about Kavanaugh. I don't know. But he he loves beer apparently now and he'll do anything for beer. Okay, really? Do we really need that? I can see what they're going for. Well, he's Viking. They go for beer. Mead. You know, they're <sighs> He's I've, a god. Yeah, but I've never, th- I mean, okay, uh, no offense to any Vikings out there right now and any, uh, Asgardians that might be listening, but let me say, I've never seen them as the, the being that smart, so. Yeah, I've never seen him as a beer drinking, video game playing, uh, degenerate that doesn't serve his people in New Asgard either, so. Well, yeah, true. Um, and the whole, you know, fat Thor, which was just totally funny that it, it was just a, uh, slob. Yeah, it was funny, but I didn't like it. To me, they were playing too much on Fat Peter Parker and Into the Spider Verse. But that's just me. 
Yeah, yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of give you that, and I just saw that as Thor's odd way of coping. Maybe that we all cope differently. And actually, it's the same exact thing. Now that I think it, think of it more as into the Spider Spider Verse. Like Peter is not willing to do the superhero stuff anymore. He becomes fat and watches TV all the time. Yep, just like Thor and plays video games with the guy the from Planet Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, um, what did you think, you know, we kind of hit on this, but what did you think of them actually deciding to go back into the past? What was your, just, just on that decision itself? Mm, I'm, so they're left with this conundrum and the conundrum stems from, I think mainly is all because of, um, Iron Man or Tony Stark. He has this amazing daughter that he's fostered over these last five years. Um, and, and he doesn't, what, what, how do we deal with the reality of what's happened between the snap and now and the things that we have that have become precious to us and how do we keep those without making everything right? So they're left with this decision of rather than trying to, Go back in the past and fix it at that point. Let's just bring everybody else forward five years ahead. So, you know, I, I, I liked what they were going for. And I think ultimately the biggest thing we got from it is these vignettes of the past, which I thought were excellent in every freaking way, every freaking way. What so, do you think? Oh, yes. I mean, you, I did not expect them to execute the, the going into the past the way they did. And, you know, you, you had to have some way if he destroyed the stones of getting the stones back and the, you know, logic prevails saying if they are destroyed in the future, I mean, the present, that means they won't be in the future. So the only place to find them is in the past. Hence, let's go back to the past. I mean, I think that was just a necessary plot device that they had to do. Unless they were going to another dimension that had other stones, which I think that would have been confusing. This on the flip, flip side goes and gives fanboy moments. Yes. For all the people who've watched all these 20 something movies that have slowly and interconnectedly and weaved this story that brings us to this point. And also as a, you know, a fan of these movies. When you go back and watch those movies now, you're probably thinking in the back of your head, oh, the other cap is right around the corner. <laughs> you know, So it brings an, a, a slightly new perspective to the other movies as well. So let's go back then to the first place they went or the first place I want to talk about at least where we see Captain America, Iron Man, Professor Hulk. And was there another person that, or was it just the three of them that went back to what was the first Avengers movie? Yes. Just the three of them. Ant-Man, Cap, Iron Man, and... Ant-Man. That's who the other person was. Got you. So what was your thought in seeing at that point, we're back in the first Avengers movie, folks. We're seeing Avengers movie number one, first scene of them together, and we see them in their first... Uh, gathering out there on the street. What did you think of that? I mean, again, um, a, a moment to see what we've seen before. And I think the way they weave the footage together was perfect. Um, I don't know how much of those original scenes 
as, as especially when we get on to Stark Tower, like how much of those original scenes they had to reshoot. Maybe a few of them, I think in my head, I know they probably had to shoot because it didn't exist before of the older characters. But but again, like just perfectly done in every aspect. Um, and I'm pushing forward a little bit. And even the bit of fanboy, um, I'm, I'm right what I'm looking for. The, the, the moment when Cap says the words as in that comic book, which sent fans yes. into a freaking storm around the world. When he said that, I was like, touche, Disney. Thanks for cleaning that up. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and it worked and it was fine. And it was like you took one of the most hated moments in Marvel Comics history and made fans cheer for that because i yes. promise you when he said that people were clapping and cheering and woo wooing and whatever yeah. yeah certainly certainly and and again you know i'll speak real quick to is this because i'm thinking about taking my kids to this movie is it a kid's movie they distinctly talk about uh, that being america's butt so <laughs> yeah i don't know it was funny though but I want my kids to see that. I don't, I got to think about it. No, 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 no. I definitely agree with you. And I was talking to my brother Curtis about, uh, the movie and he was asking me, what did I think about it? And he was talking about, well, I'm not going to be able to see it until next week because I'm going to wait until I can go during the day when Junior's in school and the wife's at work. So, um, you know, and CJ is six years old. So, I, I could see not taking a six year old to see this. I mean, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of with you there, but, um, yeah, everybody in America is going to see it. So, you know, that's a moot point, I guess. Good point. <laughs> it is witnessed by these ticket sales. Yes. So, and, and don't let us forget. I want to mention the ticket sales, um, before we finish, but you mentioned the hail Hydra moment. What did you think of Captain America fighting Captain America? Awesome. Awesome. Freaking awesome. It was, it was just as freaking awesome as the first scene we got. Uh, I forget which movie. It may have been the first Avengers movie of, no, this is a uh, civil war where Cap fighting Iron Man. To me, it was just as iconic in, in the way they executed it. And, um, a few, a few parts I'm confused on. Cap did throw his shield that went over the edge and fell down a building, but he got it back somehow. I didn't really understand that part. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I was just, I'm just going to, Tout the use of Cap's shield in this movie as a whole because I thought it was fun the way it was used and maybe better than it's been used in the past, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things that people were curious about or speculated about was had, did Loki somehow escape? Did he not die? No, Loki died in Infinity War, but Loki uh, managed to escape. Uh, and a past version of Loki, that is, a man, a manages to escape thanks to their intervention in this trying to get the Infinity Gems. Huh. So I'm, I'm a little confused here. Oh, they went back to a different time to get the Tesseract. Oh, so is that how he got it for the next movie? I That's guess. How- or at least how he escapes his fate, um, uh, in some way. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming because remember he wasn't supposed to get, uh, that, um, cosmic cube, as I call it, and disappear. And he wouldn't have done that had they not gone back into to the past. 
Yeah, yeah. They 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 use this opportunity to clean up some canon and make some of it messier. But yeah, I I do. That was pretty brilliant. So, what did you think of the Professor Hulk going to find Stephen Strange? Um, the lady's name is the Ancient, right? Correct. Am the I, Ancient One. Yeah, the Ancient One. Um, it was all right. I, again, like from that scene, I like the explanation of time that that the Infinity Stones are crucial to keeping the time frame or the timeline in sync. Take one of them out is going to diverge the timeline. So that went a long way into explaining explaining the rest of the movie. Although we get some points where you think, okay, bringing people to the future and killing them is going to mess up the timeline. But looks like they tried to make a point that it was contingent on the Infinity Stones being in place to keep the timeline as one. So I, I like that. And coming from a comic book fanboy, I liked that she brought that up because one of the explanations that they give for the Marvel Comics multiverse is for every action, the opposite action creates a different timeline. So you and I are recording this today at 11 a.m. So we recorded it at 12 p.m. instead of 11 a.m. That is a divergent timeline and et cetera and so forth and so on. So um, I, I liked bringing that in because, like I said, from the comic fanboy, I really love that. Yeah, though, though I'm glad they kept it one. Uh, they made lists to try to keep it one because where I think a single MCU works on the Marvel side, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to see it diverge like it is on the the uh, DC side in the movie verse. I would I wouldn't like that at all. Agreed. Totally, totally, totally agreed. So we don't get the tesseract or the stone that was within it, and we see Captain America and Iron Man go back to the seventies, where Tony actually has a nice conversation with Howard. Thoughts about that? Um, what are your thoughts? I'll follow up on you. What, 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 did, what did you think about it? I liked it from a sense of, I thought it was a good moment for him as a understanding of where he came from. I also liked the scene where, um, Cap is able to go and see, I'm assuming the daughter of Peggy Carter. And I thought that was cool. I look at it now knowing how the movie ended, and I know we'll get to that, but knowing how the movie ended, I think that was good character points for both of them. So is that is that her daughter? Because it's the same actor playing her, correct? Yes, but didn't the same – no, no, she didn't. She didn't play the granddaughter, did she? I don't even remember the granddaughter. Because there was Sharon Carter in the – uh, I think the first Cap movie or one of the Cap movies, there was another Carter that I think her name was Sharon. And I think she may have been the granddaughter. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was Peggy Carter herself, but she would have been should have been gray headed probably in this. Maybe not. And I think they called her Margaret Carter. Oh, did they say her name? I think okay. they said her name. And I think it was the it wasn't Peggy. I think they for some reason, the name that popped into my head was Margaret. OK, that may be correct. So, so do we know? Oh, and, wow. I just got something. Go for it. That was his daughter. Yes, because he went to the past. Yes. Oh, wow. Got back with Peggy and. Oh, wow. Okay. And, 
And Piggy oh. makes no mention of this in the future when the young Cap sees old Cap. I mean, sees old Peggy when she dies in the first yeah. movie. Okay. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Paradox. And would that also not be a little bit creepy that he was s- sort of love interest with his, I guess that would have been his granddaughter? Hey, he ain't know. He didn't know. He ain't know. Just Luke, like Luke, Luke kissed his sister, so what? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and we're not going to talk about Game of Thrones. Thank That's you. Just one. I was fixing to say brother, sister, aunt, and uncle. I mean, no, aunt it is nephew. weird. It is weird, though. It is yeah. weird. But 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 good moments, good moments, and we did get to see when he was getting into the car, he being Howard. We did get to see Howard say, "Thank you, Jarvis." Yeah, is that the same actor from the Piggy Carter show that was on ABC? I believe so. Who is yeah, the same actor who played the Vision? Yes. Wait, uh, is it? Yeah, yes, Paul Bettany. You're right. You're right. You're right. So we see that and we then get to see Thor and Rocket Raccoon go to the original Thor movie. And we see Jane Foster, who hasn't been around since Thor, uh, the Dark World or the Lost World or whatever the second Thor was. Thoughts of seeing Jane Foster? Um, now I wonder, did she actually come back and do reshoots? Uh, or was it old footage doctored? Because uh, the one scene I would question is the one scene where Ra- uh, Rocket Raccoon is behind her sofa or bed. I can't remember. And she gets up. That almost seems like a reshoot. But I guess they could have used the body double. She doesn't speak, though, which uh, another friend of mine brought, brought up. So maybe the actress didn't come back for that. Well, I had the same question that you just posed. And I went on the Internet, you know, because that's where we find out <laughs> everything. So um, I did look it up. And, yes, she came back, but only in voice only. She reshot a line for them that, w- that was like a line or two of dialogue. But the scene that we're both thinking about, referring to, was left on the cutting room floor. They used extra footage that was not used in the movie to, um, sh- sh- you know, interject Rocket into that scene. Because uh, I don't remember hearing her speak, but I guess you did. And it's something that you don't even really notice because I'm like you. I didn't notice that she said anything differently. But but evidently there was some line that she they did differently that she re- recorded like 20 words for. Uh, so I'm looking it up. I don't, I don't think Paul Bettany was, was in the Peggy Carter TV show. I think it was a different actor. Ah. Uh, yeah. I was wondering that, but I, I don't see him listed on here on the IMDb. Yeah. Cool. But so, yeah, it was cool seeing her come back. Um, it's weird how the Infinity Stone, Stone sources are kind of different. And, you know, I had almost forgot, I guess since I only seen the movie once and it wasn't that great, though I love, um, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, the the second Thor movie wasn't that great, but I forgot that it had consumed her and it was like inside of her. So yeah, that was that was cool to see her come back overall, though. Yep, I agree. And I, you know, other than the interaction between Thor and his mother, which I thought was a good, you know, ha- happy scene for him, for lack of a better word, when he took his hammer, and I'm thinking, aren't you breaking continuity by taking your hammer? Yes. But it gets fixed. Yeah, it gets fixed. But I was like, I'm assuming. Yes, but you're right. But I'm like at that point going, oh, well, continuity be damned. Let's keep watching. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I was like, what? He takes it, but doesn't he use it in that same movie? So, yeah, it was it was a bit weird at first. 
So at that point, we leave Thor and Rocket and we see Nebula and War Machine go to the site or the scenes from the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And we see, you know, Peter doing the dance that he did in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Question about this scene. Was it a good idea to send Nebula back to a place where there was also Nebula. Well, yeah, because they did it for each of the, these characters. Well, true, they, true. They sent, them back, they sent them back to a place they were familiar with. True, 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 true. Good point. Good point. Now, would they have known that by sending her back? Now, this is something she should have known, but by sending her back, she would be integrated in, I guess, something akin to a hive-like grid to where they know all her thoughts and things and could research it and pull it up and... She should have known that a little bit, but yeah, in that aspect, it was a bad idea because it derails the rest of the movie. But, you know, I guess we needed that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of like you. You know, I would think that if I had a part cybernetic head, I would be able to go, "Uh, maybe I'm broadcasting on a frequency. Uh, Maybe I need to change frequency while I'm on this planet. Yeah, or cut it off completely. Or cut it off completely. Exactly. Yeah. But what it allowed us to do was meet a not dead version of Gamora. Yes, yes, it did, which was a welcome thing, which I am dubious on her fate, um, as we'll get later on in the, this discussion, because it seems like she should still be alive. But I thought she was. Do, do we know that question mark? Well, wasn't she at the end with the Asgardians of the galaxy? No, she wasn't because Peter was pining over her at the end. Remember? Oh, I don't remember that. I think I was too emotionally raw at that moment. Yeah. They showed the team and he was like looking at her pictures as Thor came aboard the ship and he like uh, swiped it away real quick. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Uh I. Go ahead. Uh, no, well, maybe, maybe, because remember, this is before meeting Quill Nebula, I mean, Gamora. So for her, none of the stuff that they know has happened yet. For, say it again? So the Gamora, okay, so, we, well, let, well, let's, let's go back to this scene for a second. So, so we, well, go ahead. Well, let me, so you're saying that because he, she doesn't know them, she's not going to be on the ship with them? Is that the kind of Possibly, yes. Uh, so I, I, I took it as maybe when Tony did his snap oh. to get rid of, of Thanos' forces, maybe she was included because she was from the past. Mm. They didn't show it. They, they didn't, didn't show, show it. it. No. So why would, why would he, he even know to exclude her? Because Isn't Nebula, it? because the, the Infinity Stones were smart enough to know that Nebula, <laughs> uh, that Nebula, that Nebula liked her. Yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Hey, if they can turn back time and, and, and do all the other things, they can be smart enough to know to save Gamora. Yeah, I, I think she's gone. I think, she, I think she's, I think she's gone, meaning I don't know you people. Why am I going off with you? <laughs> nah, we'll see. We'll have to watch and see. Uh, but I do think that it was a cool way to a kill off Thanos at the beginning, but also have one of the attempts for them to go back and get the stones to actually create another way for Thanos to get the stones again. And I think what's brilliant about that, it took this idea that he's had for his 
for many, many years that that he wants to destroy half or kill half of all sentient life uh, in the galaxy. <laughs> and um, he takes that and knowing how it turns out, even though he knows his fate of getting his head chopped off, he wants to up the freaking ante a bit and just kill everybody and start over. Start over yes. with different people with white minds because he sees the, the, the Avengers are the X factor. He didn't envision. Yes. And you know, I was sitting here thinking while we were talking, which what I thought was the Thanos that we see that tries to do the snap again is not an again snap for him. That would be the first time that Thanos has snapped. Yes. But knowing the, the realization, though the results of what happened before. So he wants to do it a little bit differently. So yeah, I think he's much more. He's a bigger problem. Yes. <laughs> if, he, if he could be in any sense, he's a bigger problem. Much so. Very much so. So we see, you know, them and we see that they basically take Nebula and swap Nebulas and send bad Nebula, I'll call her, or, uh, back to the future with them. No pun intended. Then we go to where they need to find the soul stone. And that should have been obvious from the very beginning. And it wasn't to me that somebody's going to have to die to get the stone. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Um, darn them for taking yeah. Scarlett Johansson away. Darn yeah. you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I wanted Hawkeye to die so badly. Me too. He should have been the one to die. Yes. He's been like a killer for the last five years. You know, and I'm not, a, I used to like Jeremy Renner. I didn't like him in his movie overall. So he should have died. He would, he by far would have been my least. I had no emotional t- attachment to his Hawkeye when his family came back and, you know, I'm looking or I'm hearing Brittany next to me kind of having the sniffles when, uh, the, the wife calls toward the end. I'm like, okay, so what? Who cares? And, you know, cause I wanted it not to be, um, Scarlett Johansson's Natasha. I did not want it and I was not happy with that. Yeah, I agree. And that was, totally. the, that was the first time my eyes watered up. I'll be honest. That was the first in the movie where my eyes started getting that sinus and, you know, all those allergies and started to kind of, you know, get really, really watery. But, um, yeah, you know, my sinus got much worse toward the end. I'll just really, yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> much, much worse. So, um, so basically we see that the Professor Hulk is the one who is going, once they all get back, we see that the Professor Hulk is the one who's going to try to snap again and bring everybody back. What, what was your thought about using the Hulk as the welder of the, um, gauntlet? I'm the obvious choice. No, he was, he was the obvious choice because it would have killed everybody else. So, I mean, I, I think it was fine. It, that may have been one of the other reasons they made him smart Hulk, because if he's the only one that can do it, you know, uh, crazy turn up everything. Hulk probably wouldn't be enabled to <laughs> Hulk smash, put puny yeah. gauntlet. What does Hulk need, need gauntlet yeah. for? Hulk smash. Blank, blank, blank. Yeah. Lord knows what he would have did with the gauntlet. So yeah, it was a good idea to, um, bring in professor Hulk to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't so at the point, you know, it's like total typical <laughs> m- movie here. You know, at the point that he's doing the snap, here comes through from the past, thanks to Bad Nebula, Thanos and his big ship with yeah. Good Nebula and pre-Guardian to the Galaxy, Gamora, and all these creature things. 
Yeah, man. Ooh, yeah. Uh, they, he brought the business with him and I, I'm a little confused on that part. Okay. This okay. is another confused part. So they were stating that they needed the pimp particles in order to do this, um, time jump. And to my recollection, the only person that had the pimp particles on the Gamora Rhodey team was Rhodey and Gamora and, and I'm sorry, Rhodey and Nebula. And they only had one East to travel back. So you're saying the use of that one pimp particle got their whole fleet across the time divide and they came at different times too. So I still don't understand because the first ship came through at first and then later a bunch of more ships came through. Mm, very good point. Very good point. And I have no answer to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe knowing that they needed the pin particles, maybe they like went and found some more. That's possible, I guess. Yeah. You get a no prize for that one. That's a good one. Very good mm-hmm. one. Speaking of no prizes and Stan Lee, what did you think of the Stan Lee cameo? It was fine. It was fine. You know what? I almost would have rather had they had did the intro like they did in Captain Marvel and not have had the uh, cameo or it did both. I was really surprised they didn't do the intro uh, for this one. But but, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> it was I, I like the fact that he they really did make him look like he did in the 70s. Oh, really? Yeah. So so that was cool. Seeing, you know, classic 70s Stan the Man Lee looking like Stan the Man Lee from the 70s. That was that was awesome. So they did some of their face trickery stuff with them. Face trickery, uh, yes, yeah. Which, oh my God, can we talk about um 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 not Hank Pym? What's the yeah Hank Pym's? Uh, yes, in, in the seventies, fantastic, fantastic work. Uh, they are really getting good at this technology. It's almost to the point of scary. It really is. It really is. To, uh, the way they make it look so lifelike and you wouldn't even know you're watch, watching CG at all. Um, just awesome. And, awesome, you know, awesome. I, I think this is on Netflix. It may be Hulu, but I think it's Netflix that it's coming to. There is an upcoming Will Smith movie where Will Smith, current age, is fighting, I think, a clone of Will Smith, younger age. I mean, he's obviously playing both roles, but the younger is 20-something looking Will Smith. Yes. The name of that movie is Gemini Man. Yes. And it, it, it's pretty remarkable. Um, now the movie is kind of dubious. It didn't look, really look that good to me, but the freaking CG is to see, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air Will Smith out there battling his old self, uh, was pretty cool. Yeah. That is very cool. I mean, and I would watch it just just for the special effects, just to see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. So when Thanos arrives in his, you know, big, huge ship, the whole idea of will there be another Avengers movie after this one was literally, in my opinion, shot to pieces. Um, Why? Because you thought they're all going to die? No, I thought, uh, you know, they I thought it was symbolic that he destroys the compound. Hmm. Uh, oh, so you're saying there's going to be no more Avenger titled movies? Maybe. Maybe they may have, def- you know, um, I know Defenders is already taken, but maybe they come up with another title or maybe they, maybe they still use Avengers and it's, you know, still Avengers. I don't know, but it, I, I just thought it was very symbolic, maybe of just, this is the end of an era. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I mean, the name of the movie is Endgame, so definitely the end 
their end game in the end of this era of these current some of these current Avengers. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I get that sentiment. So what I really, really loved is, you know, in DC, they refer to Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman as being the big three. And if Marvel were to say they had a big three, especially in the Avengers, the big three of the Avengers have always been Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. And I thought that that was so brilliant that at this point, you see going out to confront Thanos, Captain America, Iron Man, and two-hammered Thor. <laughs> two-hammered fat Thor. Yeah, yeah. two-hammered fat Thor. <laughs> Which I was I was surprised they showed him in the suit. He was basically the big Lebowski for the whole movie. Um, I've never seen that movie, but I know people have referred to that. I guess it's a character in the movie called – I don't know. Anyway, I've never seen it. But he definitely looks like – um that actor from that movie. And, and yeah, I was surprised to see him in his, his normal uniform. And it's just, you know, again, I, I love Thor three and him with his long hair. I just don't like, I do like that. They went back to it for this movie, but still it just looks weird to me and uh, cheesy. Yeah. I, I will say that it looked weird. I do like the fact that he didn't call down the lightning and all of a sudden the fat goes away. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, I, I thought that was what was going to happen, but they didn't. They they stuck to their guns. Yeah, so I, I do like that. I do like the fact that he had, you know, the axe and the hammer. I, I mean, I really like that. And I, I, I really well. Now I know why he had to have the hammer because another thing that they've been teasing from the very beginning was who could lift Thor's hammer. So I'm going to get the comic profession uh, position from you, sir. In the comic books, can yes, he can. Cap, he can. I thought I've seen it or heard of that before, but, but yeah, man, just that cap wielding Molinar um, is just like the ultimate freaking fan service to me. That made my movie. To me, that's the highlight. One of the highlights of the movie, seeing him kick butt with with the hammer. I just thought it was great. Yes, and you know, total science. I mean, t- total sinus uh, attack at that point. I mean. You know, I mean, like literally the eyes were like watering left, right and center. Totally fan service, sinus attack 100% at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And summoning the lightning too. You know, he was, oh, just so good. Ca- yeah. Not only picking it up, but ca- summoning it to him. You know, I didn't, oh, it's so good. <laughs> yes. I, I, I loved it. I, I was totally on board. And just as a, you know, a side note, there was a, Marvel versus DC comic and both companies produced this. It was back in the heyday of the nineties, the early nineties. And during that time, there was another character that picked up Thor's hammer and that was Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman was able ah. to uh, lift Thor's hammer. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. And also maybe another justification for having fat Thor. He's, I'm assuming he's almost as powerful, but of course he's out of shape. I don't know if that affects his ability to fight. You would think it does. But to me, him at the end of the last movie was akin to Captain Marvel as far as like what he can do. Agreed. Uh, so maybe they introduced the fat part of him on purpose just to kind of handicap him a little bit in this battle. Mm-hmm. Good point. And maybe so. Maybe so. So – then here, here we see, and I thought this was from a cinematography point of view, 
so brilliantly done. You see the ho- I'll call it the horde of Thanos. All these, you know, uh, you know, you see these ships that we saw in the first uh, Avengers movie. We see all these um, the 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 children of Thanos. We see these soldiers out there, and then standing alone on the other side, Captain America. At this point. And yeah. I thought from a visual point, I said that, that to me was just beautiful, beautifully done. And the next scene, which is a scene that going into this movie, it's without a doubt, we know this is going to happen. But what did you think of how they brought everyone back or when everyone came back? I should say. So specifically to everyone that was on Thor's, I mean, I'm sorry, Thanos's home planet. Um, I, I don't know if I like the fact that they came back with uh, Doctor Strange's magic to Earth, because to me, in the last movie, they should have used that to go there. You get what I'm saying? Yes. Good point. Instead of the spaceship. So but they can use it now to get back to Earth. Um, it was still awesome. <laughs> but just a little point I wanted to bring up. Random thoughts. Yeah. Awesome way to bring everyone back first with with um, our Wakandians coming through first and. Yeah, just each of the groups that came through each of these portals brought a little bit of smile to my face. And by the end of seeing everybody return, uh, you, you had to cheese it down. You had to cheese it down. Yeah. Now, now, now knowing that, uh, they, they did something cool where they showed Peter saying the last thing he remembers, uh, being ashed away or whatever they call it, floated away. And then now he remembers waking up with everybody else on the planet. So for them, and I have my big question here is for the homecoming part two. What is it called? It's not homecoming uh, two. It's uh, far from far home. from home. Yeah, like so he got vanished away. He's back still as the young Peter, but it's been five years. So is he not going to go back to school? Is Mary Jane older? Did she get vanished away as well? Um, these are more questions for the next movie, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Because uh, now that makes the scene of him and, uh, his friend, uh, and, and the, um, at the end where the, you know, the friend kind of embraces him. Now that kind of makes sense because he's been gone for five years. Yeah. Well, but the, his friend is young too. So really they only saw each other a few days ago. Yeah. So, so I, I figured, I figured that he got vanished away as well. Ah, That's the only way okay. it makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. That, that makes he would be much sense. older. He'd be like grown. Make, makes perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, just those inconsistencies there. I think maybe we'll, we'll have to think about that more in different movies going forward. Maybe this one being the main one, because the only way to keep everything in sync would, would be that everybody got vanished away that younger, you know, that, that was in a teenage time frame, sort of like Cassie. You know, she's older now. So that's 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 the only point there. Yep. So Mary J must have got vanished away too. I'm assuming so. Evidently <laughs> so. Evidently so. All right. So any takeaways that you had specifically on any of the heroes that returned and their fight scenes? Anything that stood out for you? Um, none other than I think Caps was the one to was the best one out of all of those that. Uh, the one that I really, really loved out of that last fight sequence, you know, I loved Captain Marvel, the other Cap, Captain Marvel's entry, entrance as well. I thought that was pretty fantastic, taking down a ship single handedly. And, you know, 
if you get a little bit further thinking about how all the when they were trying to make a way through the battlefield, how all the women united around her at the very end, that was a pretty exciting moment too. Oh yeah, that was cool. That 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 was a good moment. I love that. I do like you know. I like the fact that they utilized her character, but they didn't depend on her character. You know what no. I mean? Well, Thanos, Thanos kind of kicked her butt a little bit. He knocked her around a little bit. So <laughs> indeed he did. But, but you know what I'm saying? That they made her out to be so powerful. And I'm not saying she isn't, but I like the fact that they, in story, she said, there's other planets that I ha- have to take care of, not just this one. And she was there when they needed her. That I, it- I, I love that. Was it Rhodey that said, no, he said this to Ant-Man. Uh, was it Ant-Man? Cause he, Rhodey made the statement like, we're all superheroes too, or we're all familiar with the gig or something to that effect. I'm re- trying to remember who he was talking to at that moment. Yeah, I remember, but I don't remember who he said it to. <laughs> but I remember what you're saying, but I just don't remember who he said it to. I think it had to be Captain Marvel because everybody else knew who they knew each other. May have been. So two takeaways that I really liked. I liked seeing Wanda unleashed against Thanos because one character that we didn't see come back because this character died before the snap was uh, the Vision. Yeah. And go ahead. No, no, I was disagreeing. Um, The other one was seeing Valkyrie on the winged horse. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, so I guess uh winged horses are just roaming around in in <laughs> just in in not in New Asgard they Yeah, New winged. Asgard, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the the winged horse is part and parcel of Valkyrie the character. Whether whoever the Valkyrie may be, the winged horse is um part of the character. Speaking of, there's a character in the New Mutants that if we get the New Mutants movie should have a winged horse too because she's also a Valkyrie. Really? Huh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. I did like seeing Spider-Man reunited with Iron Man. That was cool. Yes. The Oh man. Oh, another good sequence while while we're talking about good sequences. Um uh, when he, Spider-Man well, they were trying to get the glove across the, the battlefield, and I guess it started first with Ant-Man, and then um, no, 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 it was it was it was Ronan first or Hawkeye, and then it was Black Panther. He said, "Give me that," <laughs> and he does it does his flips for a little bit, and then it eventually gets to Spider-Man, and the sequence to where they're helping Spider-Man get across first by um, I think eventually by Cap throwing his shield and him, you know, using his webs to latch onto the shield or it might have been, it was the hammer. It was the hammer. Right. I, oh, that was just so good. That was so good. Just that whole sequence was so great. Um, and just good to see Spider-Man back, man. That's, that's one of my characters and to see him back in full action and working with everybody and being, and still having those kid like tendencies. <laughs> I just thought it was com- comical and, and fun. And Tom Holland, every time I see him is one of the most fun Peter Parker's, I think we've ever seen. Yeah, and it doesn't feel manufactured, you no, know. No, it doesn't. Um, especially with the last, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man movies, he had those quips, but it felt somewhat manufactured. Uh, with Tom Holland, it feel like it feels like he's out there having a the time of his life, and you know, it ex- it exudes from him. So. Yes, yes. I mean, he makes Spider-Man exciting and 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 not in a sense of like you said the manufacturedness it it's like he portrays it like somebody that is on a scale of one to ten at a 20 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. He's having a time in his life. So when Thanos gets the iron gauntlet, I'll call it. Oh, that's pretty cool. The iron gauntlet. Um, when he gets the iron gauntlet and actually puts it on, I actually am like, oh, sh-. Cause I was like, really? Are we going to do this again? Yeah. I was thinking, why not just chop off his own with Stormbreaker like we did before, but not. <laughs> but we don't. We see Iron Man, uh, what I originally thought was attempt to pull it off. But in actuality, he's using his own created technology to transition the, um, the stones onto his own gauntlet. Yes, yes. Before all the original gauntlet, uh, Thanos is the one who put them onto the gauntlet and I guess fused them. So here with his own technology, he can, I guess, somehow manipulate it to just move the, the stones from one gauntlet to another, which was smart if he thought of that in advance of <laughs> being something that he might have to do. And of course we see uh, Dr. Strange telling him there's just one chance by holding up that one finger. Mm-hmm. And at that point, he knows what he has to do. And so he snaps the finger, literally. This is snap uh, version three, I would call it. And because you, your second snap was Thanos's snap that didn't work. No, 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 no. This is the version third four. One, uh, okay. This would be third version four because the second one was Hulk. So this is version four. And literally, he gets what's coming to him. All the bad guys ash away. And we see decrepit-looking Tony. And at that point, did you know before that that Tony? Did you get the feeling that Tony was about to die? Mm, I figured two Avengers. I, I figured either Tony or Cap was going to die before I even went into the movie. I didn't get spoiled at all. Okay. So at that point, you kind of knew he was going to die because they said that it Hulk could barely take the the repercussions of of doing the snap so you kind of figured he was going to die yes um so yeah i kind of saw that coming once once he especially once he had the stones so what did you think of the tony dying and leading to the funeral um it was a funeral yeah (laughs) i don't know i don't know much more i can add to it it was okay it was cool to see everybody in one place um yeah, that was great seeing everybody in one place for such a sad occasion. Uh, you got to feel for his daughter who doesn't have her dad now, of course. And Pepper now, uh, Iron, what is the name of her character? Uh, oh, crap. I can't remember. Uh, uh, Rescue. Yeah, I wasn't sure she had a name, but Rescue donning the Iron Man suit. So I guess she's going to be Iron Man going forward unless we see uh, the Williams girl sometime in the future. But but yeah, I, I know. I just feel for the daughter because – to me, they did the same thing with it that they've been doing with the Ant-Man movies, and they especially did in Ant-Man too. Like, showed this just wonderful relationship between father and daughter, which is awesome to see on screen. I'm glad they did that, but unfortunately, you know, he's not going to be around for, hmm. which is sad. So, you, you know, at the end, we even see Nick Fury in this uh, movie. We see him at the end standing on the porch with um you know almost side by side with carol and we see even michelle pfeiffer's janet van dyne standing with uh hank pym along with you know ant-man and the wasp of the marvel universe proper but before we pan up the stairs to see captain marvel do you remember seeing like a teenager standing out there to the side 
Yeah, so I've been told this is the little boy yes. in the last Iron Man movie when he was in the woods, I guess. It, it, yes. What, Louisiana or something, wherever he was. Yes, the wasn't. little boy named Harley, played by yeah. the same actor that played uh, the little boy, Ty Simpkins. And he's actually signed, I think, for a three-movie deal. Really? So he's done two of his three movies? I don't know if he's done two or three or if he's now got a new three-year deal, three-movie deal. Interesting. So you think he might be the new Iron Man? I'm thinking he might be the new Iron Man. No, let's do Riri or whatever her name is. Riri Williams. But, yeah, but let's since do her. you haven't, uh, you know, introduced her yet. But they haven't really introduced this guy. Nobody, I, we, everybody had to look up who he was. <laughs> but, <laughs> really. but, but why else bring him back if other than just like a, a good meta reference, maybe? Yeah, good meta reference. Good meta reference. I'll give you that. So I will say that that was a sad scene for me. I, I don't remember. I don't think if I had the sinus issues at that point again, but I do remember, uh, it being a very sad scene. Um, then we see it get to the point to where it's time to return the stones and the hammer because we see him there with the hammer. So we know how the hammer gets back. And then of course, um, the, um, Hulk says, you know, he'll be back in five seconds. So did Bucky know? That's my question. I think he did. Oh, I, I'm not he is, sure. He is not surprised one bit. And he tells, and he tells, um, Falcon, I wish I knew his real name Sam. to go over. Yeah. Sam to go over to talk to him. So, you know, he, he being the best friend, uh, Bucky being the first best friend of, of, uh, Steve. I figure that Steve had told him what he's going to do already. Mm, possibly. Because uh, he's, not, fa- he's not phase one bit that they don't bring him back. Mm. Oh, see, that, that, that makes it even sadder, <laughs> to be honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah. but, but I thought that that was, I was not totally one million percent not expecting the, it to end the way it ended, you know, yeah. with, with him aged. Yeah. Again, I thought that either Cap or Iron Man would die, but essentially by aging them, they kind of make them die in a sense. Um, so I think we've had old Cap in the comic books. We have. We have indeed. So I guess that leaves it open. Do you think we're, we'll possibly have old, well, he's, he's passed the mantle on, but do you think we'll see old Cap come back maybe? I don't think so. I think, yeah. I, I, and I Chris think Chris Evans th- is done. I think Chris Evans is done. I think this was some of the best aged prosthetics that I think, cause I actually questioned for a second, is that an actor that they got to look like him? Yeah. I thought it was Clint Eastwood at first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was done so well that it, it made me question, is this really, you know, Chris Evans or is this an actor that looks like him? Yeah, ex- excellent job there. But but the whole scene of him giving the shield and all of that, oh dude, that was my I lost it moment. That that was so well done and I I thought that was just brilliantly done. Comic historian, how does um Falcon take over the mantle in the comic verse? Uh Falcon takes over the mantle in the comic first because Steve is aged to his rightful age and can no longer be Captain America and hands him the shield. So same thing. Same thing. Wow. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised that he did age because I thought the serum, I know he got pushed forward in time, 
but I kind of thought the serum allowed him not to age. Mm, it slowed down his aging tremendously. Slowed down his age. Okay. Yes. And hence, that's partly why Natasha is as, looked as young as she did, because she also had some of the serum in a different version, but some of the serum. I didn't know that either. Huh. Because cool. she was, she was, um, in the comics around in the forties as well. So, um, that's why she looks as young as she is or was as part yeah. per this movie. Um, one other thing that I want to mention about that particular scene that I really like that, uh, came more from the comics. There was the scene where Sam looks back at Bucky and kind of like, should I take it? You know, kind of, uh, is the way I took it. And, in the comics, the first time Cap is replaced in recent memory, he's been replaced before, but Bucky became Captain America before Sam became Captain America. Yeah, and I thought they were going to go with that in this. I was kind of surprised it went with, uh, with, with, with Sam in this case. Yeah, I, I liked it. I, I, I thought it was very appropriate and especially timely considering, you know, America today, I thought it was perfect that you had an African-American man becoming Captain America. Yeah. And did I want to ask, like, Bucky wasn't in the movie a lot that I remember. So I wonder, was the actor off doing some other project and only came in for a few shoots, a few mm, pickups? Maybe so. Because I don't even remember him in that battle at all. I don't either, to be honest with you. I, 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 I'm trying to think, but I don't remember... Maybe seeing him there when they all were there together at that first, whenever he said Avengers Assemble. Yeah, that was about it. I don't remember seeing him again. <laughs> I don't think so either. Mm. So many characters. So, I mean, it's can't give everybody fanfare. I mean, uh, the limelight. So did you stay to the, through all the credits? Don't, don't tell me there was after credit scene. Well, there wasn't a scene. There was a sound. What was the sound? I like metal say. hitting metal. Hmm. So you thinking that's uh, Doctor Doom? I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was it was so. Um, you know, jump out as you was being. No, it was like it, it was like two seconds of metal hitting metal, and and more people were going like, "Where's where's the after credit scene? Where's the after credit scene?" What do you think it was? No I, ideas. I have no ideas. I mean, you mm. you could say that it's just a. You know, it could be a homage to the first Iron Man film of hitting metal. Against metal. You could say that it was Dr. Doom making armor. You could say it was, uh, the adamantium claws hitting metal. It, it could be anything. So I guess now we have to speculate on the charted course going forward. How in the heck do we bring in the Fantastic Four and the X-Men into the same universe? Mm, good question. Mm. Good question. Is it something can be done or, I mean, obviously they're going to do it, but. I don't know. It's you have all this history that now has been ended in a sense, you know, come to its its natural end and starting anew. But how do you bring those characters in when this battle for the world has taken place and we didn't even see any of them? Well, couldn't we say that all these times because we've got a time, a space, a power, a soul and a reality stone, you know, reality stone. And we've had within these two movies, four snaps, one of which did nothing, but could reality not have been changed at some point? We just don't know about it yet. Could be, could you know? be. So, yeah, 
So let me ask you this. We've gone through the entire movie. So I want to give you an opportunity to rate this movie on a scale of one to 10. And then I will give you what I told my boss whenever I gave her. She asked me to do a one to 10. And I'll tell you what I gave her as my one to 10. So what would you give one to 10 for this movie? Uh, I'll probably give it 98% Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know. 9.8. Um, I, I really liked it, but for some reason, my overall enjoyment, well, let me back that up. It seems like a lot of the overall enjoyment of this movie was based on the nostalgic references to the other movies, which is granted makes a lot of sense. Uh, and they had to get through a lot in this movie. I really enjoyed it. Do I think it was a perfect movie? They had a few things that I think could have been explained a little bit better, hence the 98 score. But overall, I really, really loved it. I, it's, it's, it's an excellent movie that any Marvel fan should see. Okay. So since you gave it a 98% score, I'm going to say, you know, use a number close. But, but in my tweet after I left the um, theater, I typed, on a scale of one to ten, I would give it a one hundred. This, this, this was my favorite all-time movie because I, I looked at Brittany uh, after the movie was over, and I said, "I am emotionally spent." I mean, it was, it was. You had that big of a roller coaster for me, and as a comic book fan watching a movie. They hit all the points that I wanted them to hit. They didn't have any missteps that I didn't want them to make. And it felt like I was reading a well-written, well-timed comic book story that had been building up for 50 issues. And to be able to do that on a movie scale, to create something that was so intertwined, to so grand, so well done. Kudos to Marvel, 100%, hands down for me. Do you think someone watching this movie as their first Marvel movie is just going to be freaking like, what the heck is going on? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) That is the only negative I would give it because I couldn't say, sit down and watch it if you've not watched a Marvel movie. You may enjoy the movie for the action, but the emotional resonance of all this that you're seeing would be so muted if not non-existent because you don't know who these characters are and for me like the most emotional moments were uh, the beginning of the movie with clint and his family and and ant-man and seeing his little girl growing up so that that to me that was the biggest emotional for me though the end was just this exciting bombastic uh fight that you would expect so i enjoyed it completely cool well you know it's been fun doing this this has been a long review but it was uh see uh, by the time we edit this it's going to be about an hour and 25 minutes which is literally almost half the amount of time this movie was (laughs) yeah a long movie i think i went in went in early at 11 30 to get seats movie started at 12 15 12 20 Got out three something. So it's, it's a long one. It's yes, a long one. Very much so. Very much so. But, but time well spent. So if anyone listening, if you have some feedback on what you think 
of this movie. Be sure to send that in. We'll play it on the show. So, Clarence, I have one last question for you. If someone were wanting to find out other things that you are working on on the Internet, where might they find you? The season uh, season four of the Relativity Podcast is in the books. So I will say head on over to RelativityPodcast.com or search for Relativity Podcast on any of the podcatchers of your choice to check out the latest season of the audio series for your ears and mine starring our friend Lee Shackelford and, and uh, me as well. And Kyle's on there too, so, some as well. So check us out on there, um, RelativityPodcast.com. Good deal. And for anyone listening, if you by chance are in Tupelo, Mississippi this coming weekend, and that would be May uh, 4th and 5th, 2019, come by, check us out. We will be at TupeloCon, and we will also be talking about this very movie as well as the future potential future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So come check us out at TupeloCon.org. For more information, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to the Discussing Network. Find out more at discussingnetwork.com.